Hi friends, and welcome to the Coffee and Honeycomb podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Park, and today's guest is Michelle Kim McCoy. Michelle is a pastor's wife, photographer, and actor. She is a jack of all trades and someone I think a lot of us can relate to. She is multi-passionate and creative and balances so many things and tries to steward them well. If you can relate with having lots of different passions and creative outlets, you're going to want to listen. Michelle shares about having a ministry mindset, setting healthy boundaries, the cost of obedience, and even tips on a healthy marriage. I was so encouraged and challenged by her story, and I can't wait for you to listen. So grab your cup of coffee and let's get started. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, now I have to ask you about Grace because I'm a huge fan of the show. Yeah. I haven't been watching the season, but like seasons one through 10, I think I rewatched like 19 times. What was it oh, like uh-huh. being on set? Yes, I was on um, Grace the season 15, episode 10. Yeah, so um, it aired in January. Okay. Did you get to meet like all the actors? Who did you meet? Who was your yeah, favorite cast? Yeah. So um, I actually met, I, I worked with primarily all the African American doctors, so like Debbie Allen, um, Jesse Williams, um, uh, uh, the oh, oh gosh, the older doctor, the one who was the director of, like a long time ago. Oh yeah, I can't, I forget his name, but him, um, and then one of the interns, and um, yeah, it was it was such an amazing experience, and so um, basically my character. Uh, has and spoiler alert for your spoiler alert listeners. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I have I have cancer in my uterus, and so then like I'm and I also want to try to have kids, and um, the cancer is not or like the surgery to remove the uterus is not successful, or to remove the cancer is not successful, and um, yeah, and so um, it was a very very emotional um, mm. episode. Um, because also uh, Catherine Avery's character or Catherine Fox, um, she also has cancer in the show, and this is like her last, like final surgery, and it's basically an impossible surgery. So basically, she takes me on to kind of like go out strong, you know. Um, but you know, it's not successful, so it's kind of like a loss for both of us. So it's really, really emotional, and it was tough, but it good. Yeah. Who was your favorite cast member? Oh man, um, favorite cast member. Well, if I'm honest, I would say um, there's a gal who plays one of the interns, Taryn. Um, that's her name on the show. Uh, oh, I think her actor name is, or her real name is uh, JC, <laughs> actor name. I love um, it. So, you know, she was like among one of the newer characters on the show. So she was, you know, still like not, not that the other characters are jaded, but you know, when you're used to it for so long, you just sure. like fall into your rhythm and stuff. And so, um, she was just so warm and nice. like, she actually asked me questions about my life, which is very, which is very rare. Like as a guest star or a co-star, when you're just there for one episode, yeah. you kind of just like, you know, the, the story's not about you. The, the show's not about you. So you really just kind of have to like default, like let everything happen and I'm there to serve this story. And so, you know, you don't want to be that actor that like asserts themselves is like, Hey, well, we take a selfie. Oh, I, so I, I, yeah. Like it's so, you know, you just don't want to be, you don't want the wrong attention. 
Oh, you know? interesting. I was going to um, ask, like, if I saw Jesse Williams, I think I would, like, fangirl over him and, like, I know. pictures. I know. So, yeah, I don't mind. Like, I actually, uh, I do take photos with the actors if I feel like I've, like, had a connection with them or, like, we have some sort of a rapport. But, like, I don't ever know that until, like, the end of the show when it's, like, most appropriate, you know? Yeah. So, like, um, I just did this episode of this new show called AP Bio, and the actor in that, Glenn Howerton, he was in, like, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Mindy Project, and, um, and like, you know, I'm kind of snarky with him in this, in this show, and, um, you know, and I was like, oh, like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. And, um, but then like towards the end of the day, you know, we like are bantering and, um, the rapport was good. And so then when we wrapped, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I take a picture with you? It's like, Oh, of course. And so then like, you know, it's like really cool. Okay. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back and introduce you. I mean, clearly you are an actress, but you're also yeah. a model, a photographer and a pa- pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. And when we talked on the phone last time, you were like, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, which was super funny. Can you talk more about that and kind of how you got to where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So I would say growing up, um, I always wanted to be in entertainment. I always wanted to act. Um, but my mom, you know, she, I think, kind of understood that that route was very um, challenging. And so she was like, well, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And in, before... Um, we delved into acting. And so then um, I like did ballet, jazz tap, you know, hip hop point. Um, I did Taekwondo. I um, like did various instruments. The the thing was, I had so many interests. And um, my mom was so supportive. My parents are both very, very supportive. But the catch was I wasn't allowed to quit. And so I kind of shot myself in the foot because I'd be like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm like, okay, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. And, and then by the, before I knew it, like I would say by the time I was like 10 or 11 years old, I was doing like 18 lessons a week, oh like gosh. extracurricular activities. Yeah. And so I think my parents, effort to like instill a work ethic of like just not quitting when it gets hard or when you lose interest kind of like uh like created this like complex in me of like oh I can be good at a lot of things but like not be good at one thing um and you know and I kind of like was a poster child to a lot of uh other kids of like oh you should aspire to be yeah more like Michelle because she's like all these things but the I could totally see was, my parents saying that like Michelle does right and piano and taekwondo. yes yeah and I um and I, I developed like this false sense of humility of like oh no because you know I I quickly realized that when other people especially parents are comparing kids to other kids then it creates like a jealousy and resentment and I, and with jealousy and resentment usually comes like meanness. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, so like if other parents are talking about how awesome I am to their own kids then their kids are not going to like me and I want to be liked. And so I have to undermine anything that I'm good at just to be liked. Um, Did you feel that? Like did kids treat you differently or you just like, that was like an internal thing. I think it was an internal thing. Like, 
Um, yeah, I, I do. I did feel like a lot of um, judgment in sense of like, you know, snarkiness or sarcasm of like, oh, you really think you're like so much better than us huh? because of X, Y, and Z. And so I just learned to like not talk about everything, anything else that I did. Um, and, you know, and then on the flip side, you know, because every positive has a negative. It's like, oh, well, I also never learned to like excel in anything because how mm -hmm. can you when you're like, so your interest is in your focus is so divided. And um, yeah, and so that's kind of like how that came to be. And it wasn't until like college that um, I discovered photography and I was like, you know what, I'm sick of this. I need to focus, I need to like do one thing well and be known for that thing. And, um, and that ended up being photography. And it honestly was the best decision that I ever made. And, um, that I even, I even advise other people who really struggle with like what direction they want to go. Um, because now I'm doing it all, you know, um, and I'm like owning it and I really am like, I'm in it. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, if anything, I'm thankful for it. You know, like I have my photography business that will always be there for me when like um, everything else is slow. Yeah. And so now like I'm acting, um, I'm, I still have my photography business. My husband's a pastor. He, he, in the same way, he started a DJ company 15 years ago. And so and he like, that was wildly successful, but he always stayed focused on like the purpose and the plan of like, wow. I want to be a pastor and so, you know, his DJ company funded seminary and, oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. That's cool. And, and, and undergrad. And so, um, we're very like-minded in that way of kind of like, you know, like in the biblical times, like they're, they were carpenters and they like had other jobs other than just like being a disciple of Jesus. And so, um, yeah, we kind of liken ourselves to that, I suppose. That's amazing. I mean, not to stereotype pastors and pastors' wives, but I must, it just must be like fascinating to be at your church. And like, <laughs> my pastor is also a DJ and his wife is also like, a model and an actress. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, it's quite unconventional. Um, I feel like in LA, it's more common um, because there's like really hip churches, like in downtown LA and whatnot. Oh, but sure. I would say like our church is very, is, our, our church is um, much more traditional. And so, we are definitely more of an outlier um, culturally from our church. Um, but I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I think like God's totally been with me and been with Kelly um, like from day one. And so, yeah, by the time we met, it was just like really, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was like, it just, it fit. That's super cool. And I feel like that probably makes you guys super effective in your ministry too. Cause so many people in your congregation are, are also per, like have careers or jobs and other interests right. and they can probably, but like you can relate with them versus like yes. ministry being your only vocational calling. Yeah. Like we're like, I love to coach young people on like, um, next steps. And I like, I have several people come and like, just ask me as a mentor, um, because Kelly does um, college age, young adults, and young professionals. And so our range that, that we serve is 18 to 35. And um, 
And so I have several students or young people coming to me, like not only asking for like life advice or like questions about God, but like, Michelle, how do I like plan my schedule? Like, Mm. how do I prioritize my life? Like, how do you balance all those things? And I, and I'll sit down with them. I'm like, okay, like let's list down all of your priorities. Let me look at your calendar. Okay. Like, what are you doing in this pocket of time? And like, like, what are you doing in this pocket of time? And, um, yeah, I don't know. And like, it's, it's just so, it's really, really rewarding to be able to like set young people up to like prioritize their life in such a way that like God is first and everything, everything really does come into place when like your order of operations is proper, you know? That's super cool. Yeah. What is like your role as a pastor's wife in the church? It sounds like building relationships and mentoring is a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would say, um, well, one, because I'm a creative, like I oversee our social media or not the church's social media, but of our uh, young adult ministry. And so, um, and then also as a photographer, I'm like, I volunteer at the church, like shooting images and stuff like that, um, creating content and whatnot. So I think I like, I, I serve in a different capacity. Um, like both as an artist and then also as a pastor's wife. And so as a pastor's wife, I do mentor, you know, women and um, I oversee the leaders of our, um, the female leaders of our life groups, which are basically small groups. And, um, and then from the artist perspective, yeah, I'm like creating content and so- um, doing the social media and, you know, this is all volunteer. And so um yeah, it's it's really like honestly, like my motto is like if you can, like you, there's so many times in life when you can't, and so if you can, you should, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and But but with boundaries, like I have also learned to like I've learned to say no to things that I can't do without being resentful. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So like so if you can do something. Um, without being resentful, then do it. If you can't, then like be clear, um, but kind. And um, yeah, I've, I've like, that's taken me several years to- And did you have through. like other women who are older than you, like modeling this for you? Because I think, and I don't know if it's because I grew up like in the Midwest. And so some of the churches there were a little bit more traditional, but I didn't yeah. see women pursuing like creative things or even like mentorship, leadership things until I was much older. So how did you know, like, and be bold yeah. to start things? Honestly, um, I don't have like someone who's doing what I'm doing ahead of me, if that makes sense. Um, I have so many amazing women in my life who are mentoring me from the pastor's wife's perspective. I love that. Um, and so I, I am very poured into, um, and I have like just an amazing community of women that I know that I can always go to for questions in terms of like, gosh, I'm struggling with this in my marriage or like, um, I don't know how to respond to this student or, um, like confession, you know? Um, but the part where I'm like, I don't have someone, but I really feel like the Lord is like paving this right way is is in the form of artist and pastor wife pastor's wife artist artistry and ministry uh ooh, that sounds nice um (laughs) (laughs) artistry and ministry um 
yeah, like I, that's why I'm, um, I just have to be so prayerful about, um, about just every decision that I make. Um, I have to be, I'm like very led by peace and, um, Kelly and I always say it's like anything that costs you your peace is too expensive, you know? And, um, I think everyone's convictions are different and depending on like what the Lord is doing in, um, your own personal life, like I can't tell you what your convictions should be. Um, but like you need to be kind of like in sync with the Holy spirit and stuff. And then, um, and like moment to moment, like go with the peace, you know, let the peace lead. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, I feel like from a physical standpoint, I feel a little bit in the dark of like, oh, I don't have anyone to go to of like, oh, should I go on this audition or not? Um, or should I take this job or not? Um, but I do, I do feel very dependent on the Holy Spirit during those times. And, um, and at least have like a solid, um, like platform of like, women who support me that like can help determine those steps. Yeah. I love that. I love the two things you said too, about like what helps you guide or what helps guide you in terms of how you serve your church or serve the Lord is like one, um, like ensuring that you're not doing anything with like resentment. Cause I think sometimes, especially as women, sometimes we say yes to everything and then we get burnt out and bitter. So I think that's unhealthy, but then also having, a healthy community of people around you who can like lift you up and like be real with you and to help you make wiser decisions. That's super cool. Totally. Yeah. And then you mentioned in terms of like auditions and gigs, being in like the acting industry and the entertainment industry, I can imagine like so much is out of your control and things are inconsistent. Right. How do you stay, um, like how do you trust God when things are so uncertain? Yeah. So um, what honestly helps me trust him is like working, (laughs) you know, I just have to be working, um, using like the, the gifts that he's given me, like whether or not I get paid for it or not. Mm. So like, like I'm, I have, I'm constantly having to produce, you know, God is a creative God. Like that was his first act, uh, was creating, you know? And so like, I really think that like when we are creating, when we're producing anything, like, um, like we're, we're actively participating in like God's purpose in our life, you know? And then when you can align that with like God's vision, then it's like, oh, you're unstoppable. But yeah, I think what helps me with trusting is just knowing again, that like, um, like I have, I have my marriage that I need to sew into. I have my businesses that I need to sew into. Like I have my photography business. I started selling beauty counter and, um, I have my ministry And so there's always girls that like need mentoring and ministering to. And so like, I just try not to feel sorry for myself because there's just too much work to be done, you know? And I've just like stopped, I've had to learn to stop identifying myself too much with what I do or what I want to do most. Um, Because then when that is like at a deficit, then what does that mean for like who I am? Does that mean I'm less of a person because of the thing that I'm wanting to pursue the most is like not showing up for me right now? Like that's not the case, you know? And honestly, it's, it's a ton of prayer. Like I try to find every opportunity, just like pray through things. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm driving to an audition, I just like pray for the people I'm going to meet. 
Um, if I'm starting to feel jealous of other actors, I pray that God would bless them. Um, and like you, you really can like flip the script on like all the attacks, you know? And like when I'm healthy, I can do that quickly. But when I'm not like, I have to like really wrestle through um, the tension. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I like that because I think sometimes when we think about those questions, like, Oh, how do I trust God? We think that it's like this really hard thing to grasp and we don't know how to like bottle it up. But like, sometimes it's just like moving forward, even when things feel uncertain. And it makes me think of like, um, like when with Jesus and when he was performing different miracles or when he told Peter to like get out of the boat and walk on water, water, when he told people, his disciples to feed the fish, like I remember a pastor was talking about there was this like emphasis that we overlook is where Peter got out of the boat and walked or the people started to hand out the fish and the loaves, even though it looked impossible. Like that was when the outpouring and the blessing happened is when they started to put one foot in front of the other, even though things were uncertain, they trusted God. So like I'm in this season of like, like, I'll, we'll get into this, but I, I like went through a thing last year where I lost representation and I remember like it was such a growing season, but um, after everything kind of like settled, I, I, God just was very clear of like me to stop just like praying for any roles, but like praying for the right role. And I'm like, okay, I'll just be praying for the right role. And then you just kind of get sick of praying for the same thing, you know, but then, um, but then like, so when you realize like for an instance, like, this situation, um, to pray for the right role doesn't, that, that implies that there's not, I'm not going to get every role, you know, like, but when I'm not getting every role, I get like upset. (laughs) And then I'm like, wait, why am I not booking every role? And it's like, because I'm praying for the right role. And like, and that means any role that I don't book, I feel like the more I say role, I just think of bread. Um, (laughs) Okay, to clarify to people, we're talking about yeah, uh, acting audition roles, roles yeah. yes, not yeah. bread roles. <laughs> Michelle's really praying for the right bread roll. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so, yeah, like, you know, and God's just like, well, no, you're, you've been praying for this thing. And like, I, I'm going to, in my time, I'm going to give it to you. But just know that the right role doesn't mean any role. And so there's going to be time. And, um, and I'm doing something greater in you than any like opportunity could like in the wrong time could like do for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's, um, do you want to talk about that? Cause I know, like, I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of like, if you really put your identity in <clears throat> success over anything else, like you can compromise a lot of things and you were kind of in a yeah. situation like that, but you, and you wrestled with it. Can you talk? About yeah, that? absolutely. So, um, you know, from when I, Kelly and I, decided that I'd get back into acting. Um, you know, it was really hard because Kelly married me, um, when I wasn't acting, even though I like acted when I was younger, you know, when he met me, I was like solely a photographer. And so when I said, Hey, I want to go back into acting, he kind of had to wrestle with it because he's like, Oh, I didn't know I married an actor, you know? Um, like, what does that mean? And all he knew was like, Oh, like, I'm pretty sure more than 50% of marriages in Hollywood, uh, fail. Oh my gosh. Um, interesting. Yeah. And so like, you know, what's that going to look like for our family, you know? And so we wrestled with boundaries of like, Oh, what kinds of roles can Michelle do? What kinds of roles, um, can she take? And, 
um, from what, whether that's like location or um, intimacy with other other actors. And um, yeah, it, like we had to, it was to the point where we had to get like counseling for it, you know? We, you know, kind of landed on like a loose set of boundaries and rules for like that to keep our marriage, like, like what does our marriage require? You know, like what can we handle? And again, that's different for every, every family. And so, um, yeah, so then there was this opportunity that came up and, you know, I was, I I had this amazing, amazing agent. I wasn't, I had never gone out in my life more than I had in this like six month span with this new representation and, um, you know, and with like crazy rich Asians and Mulan and everything that's coming out for like Asian American actors, um, you know, like it's a good time to be me. <laughs> um, and so I, I was doing really well. And then I went out on this audition that I probably shouldn't have gone out on. And I, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very open about that because I think it is very easy to make excuses and justify. And mm. so basically, um, it was, it was, a, it was very great because like the character didn't in the script, didn't, it didn't say anything about doing this act, right. That like was on our hard lit, hard no list, but it was a person that probably would eventually do that. But I was like, Oh, it's fine. Like I'm probably not going to get this anyway. So I'm just going to go because I don't want to like upset my agent. Um, this is a huge opportunity. So it's more important that I see the casting director than whatever happens. Yeah. So I go in, of course I crush it and they like want to bring me back. And, um, and then they asked me to test. And so testing basically means like you, um, it's like between you and a couple other actors of like the network's choice. And they want to see you like on screen and all the producers and everyone's there. Like, and this was like the furthest I had gone in terms of like the auditioning process for like a series regular role. Um, and so I, I get the test offer and my like gut just like tightened up and I just knew right away that I wasn't supposed to go, but I was too scared to say hmm. I can't. And so I, I texted some actor friends who are believers, but again, also have different uh, boundaries. And then I texted like some of my mentors, and, you know, they, none of them told me what I needed to do, but they just prayed for me and um, just continued to encourage me to follow the piece. And so I um, texted my, I called my manager and told her, you know, I can't, I can't go in for this role because it like, yeah, I just, I can't do this if it's going to require me to do this thing that I'm not willing to do. And I remember um, her saying like, well, you know, you can't really call those shots because you're like not a note, you're not a name actor. Like, but if you do this, then like you, like you can build credibility and like your resume and then you can like call those shots later. And I remember like, I don't know if I said it or if I just thought it, but I remember just saying something like, you know, I don't want to do anything as a no name actor that I wouldn't be willing to do as a name actor. Mm. And, um, and you said and this role would have probably likely led you to, to be do things more well-known or... Oh, yes. Yeah, this would have been... Yeah, the person... Let's just say the person who ended up booking the role is like a big deal now. Um, <laughs> and so 
yeah so it would have definitely been a career changer mm-hmm. and like we in like and financially we would have been set it really was like from the world perspective like the best opportunity I could have asked for wow. as an actor um but I had to turn it down and um and then and so then my manager told my agent and my agent was like upset and then my agent told the network and the network was so upset um and yeah and then a week later my agent dropped me um because I was too difficult (laughs) and um yeah and then it was like I was like agentless for like four or five months and yeah so that was all last year wow but it was also the best thing that could have happened um because it strengthened I would say it like strengthened my spiritual core um I have this story to tell that like, you know, I think people can learn more from your failures than your successes. And I think, again, this would be considered, uh, this would be considered a failure from the world's perspective, but it was a success from my kingdom perspective. Yeah. And, um, my, what it looks like to live counterculturally. Yeah. Yeah. Like like obeying obedience to God versus fame or success. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it was tough because I remember the first month I was kind of on this high of like, oh, wow, like this is what obedience to God feels like. God's going to bless me, la, 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 la. And then it was like, okay, nothing and nothing and nothing. But you know what? Like, like sometimes doors close and it's so true. Other opportunities open. And like, like, for example, I ended up starting this like women's ministry at our church and started like teaching more. Um, and I, I taught at my first, um, women's retreat and like all things that like, I would not have been able to do or had been open to had I not had this experience that would like carve out this like space of availability, um, you know? And so like, I learned other, I learned that I was able to do other things, you know? Um, and yeah. And then now like, you know, I have representation who like, get me who know why I was dropped and like it really allowed the conversation to be like okay like I really am not I'm not gonna do these sorts of things and like it's around the same time I was praying like Lord I just want to do the I want to do roles I want to like book the right roles not just any role and um yeah and so like it's just worked really well with like this new season of life And, and like even this is just so crazy like uh, it's January right now and I've had so as of today I've had like four auditions and I've booked and filmed two of them in the oh last week yeah and then like Grays came out last week and so it's just like crazy you know and so oh and another thing is you know I'm pregnant and so that also limits my roles and so um yeah so lots of lots of change and transition but God's so good God is so good yeah I love that story thank you for sharing that of course. So it's kind of long-winded. <laughs> no, yeah. And I like what you said. You were like, okay, now that I'm going to obey, God is going to bless me. Like, that's funny because I think we all have that idea where we're like, okay, now that I obey God, like you owe me. And like, aren't you going to give me something? Right. Uh, but he just yeah. redefined like what your season was going to look like. Yeah. And God also showed me that he's enough, mm. you know, mm. like he is the reward. Yeah. Um, everything is just extra. Yeah. I think for our generation too, we really struggle with putting our identity or tying our identity to success or like our achievement. Did you ever get, have a season where you struggle with like 
feeling like you need to prove yourself or you weren't enough? How did you, and how did you wrestle that? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Like, honestly, I would say, um, social media doesn't help. I think it's, it's an awesome platform and I kind of am like sick of talking and hearing about it, but it's still so true. Like everyone talks about like how Instagram is awesome and bad at the same time. And, um, but I would say like, again, just producing, like when you are focused on creating, um, it really is kind of like the cure to comparison to the comparison trap. Um, I think I at least fall in the comparison trap when I'm like idle and when I'm just like doing nothing and letting myself be too susceptible to like everything else around me. But when I'm like busy um, and not just like busy to be busy, but like really producing good fruit, you know? And, um, and like, cause then that there's like a new reward in just the act of like producing good fruit or even like resting. And, um, like my husband and I, from day one of our marriage, we've been practicing Sabbath. And so every Monday we, we don't work and we Sabbath together. And, um, what do you guys do? What do you do on Sabbath? Yeah. So it kind of just depends. So some days like we just need to like do nothing and like, um, and then other days where we'll do like little staycations. I feel like um, when we lived in Orange County, that was more, we did that more frequently because there was like a lot more like places and things to do. Um, but now we're up in the Valley. And so um, it's a little bit more limited, but um, yeah, like we'll just kind of like, we mainly just go out, eat, enjoy each other. We try our best to be what we call e-free, which is electronic free. Um, and so like as, as little devices as possible. And of course we don't, we're not perfect at it. And, um, honestly it took a, it was a struggle in the beginning for me because, you know, at the time I was running my photography business full time. And, um, and so I would just be like hustling, hustling, working emails. And, um, I would like sneak emails like in during on Mondays, you know, and Kelly was like, we, we really need to rest. And, um, like, and honestly, Sabbath is, Sabbath is a day to like, trust that God will provide. Yeah. And so it was important for us to have a day where we weren't like intentionally producing income, like actively producing income, because we're like, that was our way of saying, like, we wouldn't take jobs on Mondays, you know? Um, it's it's changed a little bit now that like I'm acting because, you know, it's more unpredictable, but, um, there's like grace in that we try not to be like, you know, too rigid or legalistic about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, it's just really a time to invest in our marriage and enjoy one another. And, um, and, uh, and we also invite other people to join us. It's not just us, you know, a lot these days though, we are like so busy that like, it's like, okay, let's just like watch Netflix and, you know, order take it or order delivery or something, you know? So it it really is just like supposed to be chill. And basically we just don't schedule anything on Mondays. Yeah. We wake up on Monday and we're like, what do you feel like doing? And then we do, we go do it. You and Kelly seem like you're really good at setting boundaries. Are you guys like very intentional about that? 
We are super intentional about it. Kelly is much more intentional, and by default, I've become that. Huh. Um, we've also been going to marriage counseling since like week one. Oh my gosh! So, cool. so we're like huge, huge advocates for therapy, and um, like you know, you don't want to go to, you don't want to see a counselor like when crap hits the fan. You know, like it's it, you want to go like so that it doesn't you know, and, um, and so we're just like huge advocates for therapy and counseling and, um, yeah, boundaries has been like a huge, especially in ministry, you have to have boundaries. Otherwise you'll just be like, yeah, you'll just be taken advantage of and, and, and not by anyone's fault. It's just like, everyone just assumes that you should always be available, you know, but it's like, but you can't, we can't be, um, healthily available if we're always available that's so good it's good for other people to like also see others like have boundaries you know because then it like it's like a cycle you know yeah that you can learn from others do you guys set bound like is it at counseling where they're like okay you should set a boundary about this or like how does that organically come up in these different areas of your life yeah. Um, no, it's not. I think for counseling, it's more uh, conflict resolution and like communication and like, oh, we're having a really hard time coming at a decision for this or like we disagree with this and we just can't see eye to eye. That's primarily what we see count, uh, each other for counseling. Um, see, counselor for. Um, I would say the boundaries thing is usually like um, when someone has an an un an unmet expectation that's when like the relationship starts to flare up huh. and so then like um so then when something happens and um like it's not what the person expected or wanted um or it was like completely missed then like i don't know maybe we're just like so aware of like the the temperature of our relationship that when something feels off um kelly's typically one to be like hey like what's going on and like when did you start feeling that way and then and and vice versa and usually you can always pinpoint it to like an unmet expectation Mm -hmm. you know um and then and then typically it has to do with some sort of boundary issue of like you let an email get in the way or like usually if i'm like oh, I guess I started feeling this way when I had an unhappy client email me about them not liking their photos or, um, oh, I, I felt this way because a student just texted me like kind of rudely and, ugh, you know, but yeah. like, you don't, we don't know that because it happened so quickly, yeah. you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's like, then it's like, okay, well, why did that like frazzle me so much, you know? And it's like, probably because, like you were like, usually it's in the in-between. Like usually I like get a bad email while I'm like driving or when I'm like uh, trying to cook dinner or I'm being interrupted um, instead of just like having a carved out time. And this is where boundaries comes into place. Having a carved out time to be like, this is when I work. This is when I rest. Um, and when I rest, like I have to, I have to protect that time because like the enemy is going to try to steal it with anything like Mm. from my outside world, you know? Um, 
yeah, so it's really, it's like we try as much as we can to like, you know, have time limits on our devices. And um, we do something called five A's, which is um, basically like a relational daily vitamin. So it's oh like, my gosh, cool. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it, it should take no more than five minutes, but um, each person asks um, uh, appreciation. So it's like, oh, how can I, or this is how I appreciated you. Like, oh, thank you so much for taking out the trash earlier. Um, oh, you're welcome. Thank you for um, making me lunch today. You're welcome. And then what can I apologize for? They're like, you know what? It really hurt my feelings when you cut me off when I was talking to that person. Ah, oh, bummer. I'm so sorry. And you don't bring up anything that's too heavy. It has to be like a quick apology. Um, what can I apologize for? You know what? I really didn't like that you just like stormed out of the house and like didn't say bye. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, will you forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? Yes. And then um, uh, ask, how can I serve you? So tomorrow or today, depending on when you do the, when you Whoa, do the five A's. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So five A's. So then ask, like, how can I serve you? Um, you know what? If you could um, take Snuffy out, like, uh, before I wake up, that would like help me like get back into my routine. You got it. Okay. How can I serve you? Blah. And then, um, and then you do amen. So pray. So then you pray together. So you're like, Oh, how can I pray for you? You know what? I'm really struggling in this area. I need like God to show up in this way. Okay. How can I pray for you? Blah. And then you pray for each other. And then the last a is affection. So it's like you have to like physically hug or hold hands or like do something physically affectionate. Sometimes when um, Kelly and I are like in tension, um, but we still do the five A's just to like, ugh, okay, let's just get this over with. Um, sometimes we just like touch fingers <laughs> like, like E.T. <laughs> oh, those are so cute. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the five A's, we learned that at premarital counseling and like we do it. I, I do have to say Kelly's better at uh, initiating than I am. Um, he's often like, hey, you want to do the five A's? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm totally going to make Eugene um, do this tonight. Yes, it's amazing. Wait, so five A's are, okay, hold on. Let me remember. Affirmation. Apologize. Uh, apology. Uh, ask. Ask. Amen. Amen. Affection. Affection. Okay, so I'm very good at the affirmation and the um and the uh what was the, shoot, what was it? What was the last one? Affection. Affection. I'm not good at the ask. <laughs> Eugene is very good at the serving part. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm already nervous about what his ask is gonna gonna be, but this is a good opportunity for me to be a more serving partner. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And it's not always serving. Sometimes Kelly's literally like, Hey, Michelle, I think I need a little bit more attention tomorrow. Or like, I think, um, I need you to like, do you mind like treating me a little nicer? (laughs) You know? Oh my God. I love his ass. (laughs) Those are going to be mine. All right. Or I can be like, uh, can you tell me, give me 10 more compliments, please? Like that's my, <laughs> 10 more oh, affirmations. That's, that's so good. Like, and I think it, especially as women, I think it's so, cause honestly the ask is really hard for me. If people offer, um, I will take them up on what they're offering, but I have a hard time asking for help, you know, um, or like asking for things. And so I think, so it's been like an amazing practice, um, for me 
because it doesn't come naturally. But I think when you're clear about that, like you, it's, it's amazing because you, you're like, wait, I can actually get what I want. That's crazy. Um, this is, I feel like I have like 19 other questions I want to ask you, but we're getting close to an hour. So I want to wrap things up. But my last question I always ask folks are what your honeycomb is this season and Mm. honeycomb is, could be a Bible verse or just some kind of truth that's resonating with you this season. What's your honeycomb and share the context behind it. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I had a Bible study leader named Amy Rush and I remember, and this has just stuck with me. So it's been like over 15 years. Um, and it's from Psalms 63, three, and it says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Mm. And I remember her, um, advising us to replace life with anything that we desire, um, or anything that we want. So like, be, like so let's say in high school it's like because your love is better than boys my love like my lips will glorify you you know yeah. or like my current thing now I suppose would be like because your love is better than um money or mm. success um my lips will glorify you and um yeah I, I think kind of like I what I was saying like um with everything that happened last year like God is the reward you know and like um like I if you try to imagine like life and your best, best life, but without Jesus, it's like empty, you know? And so I'm always like, just so um, thankful uh, for my daily bread and like, how am I supposed to be faithful with like what you've given me today? And how can I like, um, how can I use that for your glory in any way? And, but, and, and, um, like when I go to bed at night, can I like really in my heart, just continue to glorify you, whatever happens, you know? So yeah, Psalm 63 is like my jam right now. That's so good. And then for people, I'm sure everyone already knows where to find you and whatnot, but where can people find you if they want to keep following along yeah, in their life so- or learn about beauty counter? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram primarily. It's Michelle Kim McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y. And yeah, my beauty counter link is in there. Um, and yeah, I'm like very active on there and yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone who has questions about anything. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for being here, Michelle. Of course. Thank you. Mm -hmm.